Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Holy Communion. Thank you for joining us for this sermon. You can find all of our sermons at holycommunion.net and our Facebook, YouTube, and podcast channels. Consider hitting like or subscribe. Consider sharing this sermon with others. It helps us to reach more people like you. We are so thankful to those who support our ministry. You can give today at holycommunion.net backslash give. In the name of our one true loving and persistent God, amen. Please be seated. Today's reading from Habakkuk begins with lament. In all honesty, I might begin with, my, with lament if my name was Habakkuk too. No one can ever pronounce it right, I'm guessing. But the prophet begins with lament. Lord, how long will I call for help and you not listen? I cry to you violence, but you don't deliver us. This is biblical lament, and it's a tone that is not really familiar in our world today. We tend to rush from lament, and psychologists tell us that people are afraid of death these days. And this rush from lament is a part of our culture, but lament is very biblical. I would guess that some folks today came to church looking for a word of hope. And we preach the gospel here and we look for good news, but I'm not gonna rush this week. I've been wondering, wrestling all week with what I was gonna say when I climbed up to this lectern. On Monday, my day off was interrupted by an email from Silas, our son's preschool, telling me they were on lockdown. The email said it was due to a situation in the neighborhood. And we live in the neighborhood. We live just across Tower Grove Park from Central Visual and Performing Arts, just across the park. And this was the first time that I've learned of a school shooting because of a notification from my child's school. I immediately texted Ellis because my spouse also spends his time on a public school campus. And his school, like many this week, faced heightened security after a false threat. False threats are common after a school shooting in your region. For the educators among us, this has been a tough week. For folks with school-aid children or grandchildren or nieces or nephews, this has been a tough week. Now, many of you know that I grew up near Columbine. I was in high school on April 20th, 1998. Now, I went to an alternative high school in the district, but I had friends from elementary at Columbine. And I remember the day and the days afterward with that kind of peculiar, uh, vivid clarity that lingers around horrific events. I especially remember the praise and worship services that came afterward. It seemed that every one of the big mega churches in Jefferson County was holding a worship service, and I attended several. I was a high schooler. School was out of session for a couple weeks while they worked on improving security. I missed my friends, and church was a way to be together. But those services after Columbine made me really glad to have grown up Episcopalian. Something about the massive theater-seated sanctuaries, the praise and worship music, 
and especially the prayers and the sermons. Uh, they, they were written in those days after Columbine, and it rang hollow to me. I told Julie this week, it felt a little bit like those churches were either trying to rush toward hope or worse, were trying to leverage tragedy to recruit new members. So I was grateful to have grown up Episcopalian because of the services I attended at my mom's church in the weeks after the shooting, they, they felt less customized, less tailored. And there might have been an additional prayer, a change here or there, but mostly we prayed the old familiar words. We gathered in Christ's name, read the assigned readings, prayed for our community, our church, the government, those who had died. We confessed our sin, those things done and left undone. We were reassured of God's forgiveness. Even though it felt a strange thing to do, we passed the peace. We shared Christ's peace with one another with handshakes and waves and hugs before sharing bread and wine made holy. In the end, we were sent out into the world, told to be of good courage, to hold fast to that which is good. In times like these, it, in times of tragedy and loss, it can be helpful to seek the familiar. I was grateful for this structure I inherited as an Episcopalian. If you are here today looking for space to pray, looking for a space for comfort, looking for familiar, welcome. If you're here because the world outside these walls feels like it doesn't make sense, welcome. If you're here because you just need a little space to breathe, welcome. The late theologian Howard Thurman was a teacher of Dr. King's, and he's been called by some the mystic of the civil rights movement. Thurman once wrote that Christianity, as it is born in the mind of the Jewish teacher and thinker, it appears as a technique for survival for the oppressed. Our faith is a technique for surviving the most difficult times. And that's why we gather. That's why we come to church. And not to rush to words of hope, but to stand together when times are tough. More than God's answer to the prophet today, what strikes me about the reading is the faithfulness of Habakkuk. Listen again to what the prophet says. After lamenting, after complaining, it's all right, it's necessary even at times to complain to God. After airing his grief, Habakkuk says, I will take my post. I will keep watch to see what the Lord says to me. I will wait, the prophet says. Injustice demands an answer. Suffering demands an answer. And sometimes faithfulness means standing and waiting. I get the sense that Habakkuk is angry here. Anger can be faithful. And sometimes anger is a necessary companion for faith. It may seem odd, but on the note of anger, I want to transition toward hope. The theologian Abraham Joshua Heschel said it is Habakkuk who helps us understand that anger and hope are not opposites but correlatives, not opposites, but correlatives. Sometimes we discover we have hope 
because we are angry. We discover that we have the audacity to expect better when we are angry at an outcome. Sometimes we are only able to write the vision of what should be because we see that the world as it is cannot be allowed to remain. Anger and hope can be correlatives. They can exist together, they can feed one another, but only if we are able to avoid cynicism. So much of our anger these days, and so much of the desire in our society to just move on is rooted in a sort of toxic cynicism. I know I entertained some of this cynicism this week. For me, it went like this. What happened was awful, but it's not likely we're gonna be able to do much about gun violence. After all, this is Missouri. Our state government will probably wanna issue educators guns in response. And that, that was my version of cynicism this week. And I need you all to work with God to prove my worst thoughts wrong. Because cynicism is toxic toward hope. Habakkuk standing on that tower waiting for God wasn't a cynic. Zacchaeus climbing the tree wasn't a cynic either. And there were a lot of cynics around him. I remember this Zacchaeus story from my Sunday school days and frankly, I was a PK, a priest's kid, a pastor's kid, so I don't remember a lot about Sunday school. I was the cut up like my kiddo is these days. But I can remember being a kid and being delighted about this short little man who decided to climb a tree so he could see Jesus. And probably it was partly because I was short at the time and also because I loved the idea that tree climbing was biblical. All around Zacchaeus, his neighbors have judged him. He's a tax collector. He's an agent of the occupying army. He made a fortune collecting money to support the forces of oppression. Zacchaeus is probably a cheat, too. Most tax collectors are, aren't they? Of course his neighbors dislike him. Leave it to Jesus, though. He goes and invites himself to supper at this wealthy, awful little man's house. Doesn't Jesus know that Zacchaeus supports the enemy? He belongs to the wrong political party. Just by who he works for, they think, we know this man is a sinner. We know there is no hope. Cynicism runs amok. I wonder how many of Zacchaeus's detractors, when they heard that the tax collector was giving away half of his wealth to the poor, decided that they would be as generous. Any of them? Zacchaeus could have easily said on hearing Jesus was coming to town, oh, Jesus, I've heard of him. Those neighbors of mine who follow Jesus really hate me. He'd probably hate me too. I'll stay home. But Zacchaeus didn't. He climbed that tree. He risked looking foolish. Friends, if we are to get to hope, we have to make time for grief. We have to make room for anger. We have to allow ourselves not to move on too quickly. If we're going to get to hope after a week like this one, we are also going to have to risk looking foolish. We're going to have to climb those watchtowers, yes, to listen for God. And we're also going to have to risk climbing some of those metaphorical trees to see Jesus. If you're tired, 
it's okay. If you're frustrated, that is okay. If you are angry, that is more than okay. If you are grieving, grieve. God can take all of our emotions. The strange thing about being Christian is that we believe God has shared our human emotions. God knows what it is to suffer. God knows what it is to wonder why. God even knows what it is to wait for justice. And God knows our anger, too. This has been a tough week for St. Louis. But in the days ahead, don't let your anger devolve into cynicism. Don't just move on. Take comfort in the familiar prayers. Seek out community. Seek space for grief and for courage. Let your indignation fuel your faith. Can you yet let yourself believe that our kids, our educators, our community, all of us deserve better? Can your faith make you do things that might cast you as a little strange? Write representatives, show up at a town hall, testify at a hearing, register voters. Will you risk looking foolish? Few people have made significant change in our world without first seeming a little odd. Be assured, if your neighbor judges you, you won't be alone. God always has an eye out for the tree climbers. Amen.